You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Pulse News is brought to you by 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. 1-800-PET-MEDS is your best source for pet medications, vitamins, supplements, and pet supplies. Get great savings, fast service, and free shipping. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash Pulse, P-U-L-S-E, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more. This is Pet Pulse News from Zoo2.com. Z-O-O-T-O-O, the leader in pet news and information. And now, here are the top stories. They serve and protect our communities and have died in the line of duty. Canine officers are now being honored for their service with their very own memorials. Pet Pulse's Victoria Lim reports. Even night, the German Shepherd couldn't keep quiet. As the pomp and circumstance of the memorial began, the law enforcement community, even the non-human ones, remembered. It is a sad ordeal, but we are very proud that people come out and honor these animals the way they do. Twelve canines are laid to rest at this site. Two recently passed. Both served as Deputy Kevin Andrus's partners, who credits X and King for saving his life where we knew we would be in a, in a tough fight, a tough situation, and possibly to be hurt very badly or possibly killed. But because the dog was there, um, along with us, uh, between the two of us, it, it, the t- situation was taken care of very quickly. And that appreciation extends to grateful residents like Ernest Bettini, who donated several thousand dollars of his own money to the Pinellas County Sheriff's Department so it could acquire Egon, Deputy Rick Tapia's new partner. They are very important. Uh, just, uh, excuse me, just uh, uh, protect the citizens and the trooper and the deputy. Deputy Clark Wagner's partner is buried here. Cuda tromped through swamps and darted into dark buildings so his human partner wouldn't have to. The dogs here are kind of the unsung heroes of, of the police department. They go out and do things that, that most uh, deputies would not want to do. Any service animal from across the state, even from around the country, can be laid to rest here. Curlew Hills Memory Garden donated this plot of land for free to thank those animals and honor them for their service. For Kevin Andrus, grief was difficult to restrain, but he called this ceremony an uplifting one. This is a celebration. That's why we appreciate all the folks that came out. We appreciate Curlew Hills for doing this. It's, it's a very much appreciated because it is a celebration of what these dogs have done. For Pet Pulse on Zoo2 TV, I'm Victoria Lim. In addition to donating money to purchase a new canine, you can also help provide protection, such as bulletproof vests, for these four-legged officers. Contact your local law enforcement department to find out how you can help. To comment and see what others had to say on the story, go to the news section of Zoo2.com and send us your story ideas by emailing or calling us. Colorado is one of only seven states that require vets to report animal abuse. The law has been on the books less than a year, but already the impact is being felt. And as Pet Pulse reporter Rhonda Schulting tells us, some child and family welfare experts say the law can help save human lives, too. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. How's Shona doing today? Dr. Jed Rogers has been a veterinarian for 15 years. Her breed is predisposed to problems with her with the knees, but she's actually in really good shape. He is one of a majority of Colorado vets who support the state's mandatory reporting law. All of us got into this job because we love working with animals. A measure that requires vets to report cases of animal abuse or possibly face a fine themselves. 
when I think we realize that we are mandated to report child abuse but not animal abuse, it, it struck us as incorrect. For Dr. Rogers and his colleagues, the law has been a learning experience. They found that in practice, while there are clear cases of abuse, most of what they face are owners who just don't know what they're doing is wrong or dangerous. With animals, obviously, you can't interview them, so you have to rely a lot on what the owner is telling you. And what many vets are hearing is that there is a real need for owner education. It's sort of helped us think about where we draw the line. You know, where where does it become abuse, neglect, that kind of thing, um, separate from just ignorance and you know people just not knowing what the right thing is to do? Even so, the new guidelines have also revealed that where there is an abused animal, there could also be a troubled family. The Colorado law and others like it could actually make a difference in human lives. For years, experts have recognized a link between animal abuse and child abuse. Research has shown that in families where there is child abuse, in more than 80% of the cases, there is also animal abuse. If cruelty or abuse is going on in that family unit, in that household, then all the members of that household are in danger. The American Humane Association has been working to encourage law enforcement agencies and humane investigators to share information, citing what's recognized as a very real link between animal cruelty, child abuse, elder abuse, and even domestic abuse. We hear case after case where the mother would have left that relationship in order to flee for safety, except that the life of the pet was threatened as leverage to to keep the, the victims of that human abuse from leaving. Experts see it as a cycle of violence, a problem not just limited to the affected family. It's not just an animal problem, it's you know a whole family problem, it's really ultimately a community problem. So Coat and skin are good, is she scratching at all? And it will take a community to protect those who can't speak for themselves. For Pet Pulse on Zutu TV, I'm Rhonda Schulting. All right, Chona, you did great. You did great. To find out about animal abuse laws in your state, go to AnimalLaw.com. To comment and see what others had to say about this story, go to the news section of Zoo2.com and send us your story ideas by emailing or calling us. A new pet-friendly board game gives dog lovers the opportunity to bond with family and four-legged friends. Pet Pulse's Saima Chowdhury reports. It seems like dogs love it, and their owners love it, too. Finagle's a board game for people and their pooches. Zoo2 TV took a trip over to Canis Minor in New York City to find out what all the fuss is about. We talked to the employees and played with their dogs, Ellie and Toby. This is the first product of its type that we've ever carried. It's the first board game specifically made for dogs that I've ever I've ever seen so people are kind of like oh this is a very interesting new product and especially for dog lovers it's it's a must-have it looks like a typical board game but you need two to four people and one to four dogs you roll the dice and move from space to space one two three four and then lady if you want to pick it up and then you flip the card and read what is under the card. Each card has a task for your dog, and if your dog does it, he gets a treat and you collect the card. The tasks are usually silly, but one was definitely fun for me. Celebrity dog, finagle your dog to sit on a chair, interview her with a fake mic. Do you like to play finagle? Speak. 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 And whoever has the most cards win. 
But the real goal is to interact and train your dog. That's the point of the game, to have a good time, to teach your dog how to behave, actually. Finagle is just a great way to bond with your pet, you know, and, and something you can do together. It's a lot of fun, and the dogs really enjoy it. Like, this thing absolutely loves it. We get the game out, and she's like, yes, I'm ready to go. So if you want a unique and finagle way to play with your dog, try getting a board game. For Pet Pulse on Zoo2 TV, I'm Simon Chowdhury. To find out more about Finagle, go to DarfInc.com. To comment and see what others had to say about this story, go to the news section of Zoo2.com and send us your story ideas by emailing or calling us. Dangerous and exotic animals can sometimes become too much for their human companions to handle and unfortunately end up dumped somewhere on the side of the road. In Florida, some of those animals are being taken in by state wildlife officials. The pet amnesty event is a way to curb releasing these animals into the wild, which is illegal. Reporter Emily Oz explains from the Miami Metro Zoo. Sandy, the bearded dragon, is a long way from home. Native to Australia, she's quite a challenge to care for. They come from very, very hot climates. They live in over 100 degrees. Her home must be heated, and she's a very finicky eater. Mealworms and spiders are her favorite, and Sandy needs sunlight daily to survive. And people who think, oh, I can just keep it in a tank and, you know, throw in a mealworm with a, uh, a thing of water, it's not going to survive. It's going to have vitamin deficiencies. It's going to suffer. It's not going to make it. People start to realize that after a while, and that's uh, where they try to get rid of the animal. In fact, a bearded dragon just like Sandy was turned in at the exotic pet amnesty day in Miami. Over 150 animals were taken in for free, no questions asked. The motley crew collected that day include a boa constrictor, a macaw, turtles and iguanas. We even had a serval cat, a spotted wild cat from Africa donated. It's kind of like the African bobcat. So these are all things that uh, some of us frankly were surprised by seeing the, the, the variety of animals that were turned in. The number one goal of the amnesty event held here at the Miami Metro Zoo is to make sure exotic pets don't end up being released into the wild where they could harm native animal populations. We're encountering that problem right now with the pythons and the Everglades people have a tendency to release these animals into the Everglades or into the wild. And that is causing a big problem for us now. We're trying to combat that the best we can, but it might be a, a, a no-win situation at this point. George Pino of the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission is urging people to check the facts and licensing requirements before they even consider buying an exotic animal. For example, a tiny green iguana at the pet store can grow to be six feet long. Do your homework. What size does this animal get after a few months, after a few years? What kind of food does the animal need? Um, to, make it, to make sure that you're going to be comfortable caring for an animal. Well, animal expert Ron McGill has other advice for those who are searching for their next creature companion. He believes no wild animals make a good family pet. If you want a good pet, save an animal that's in a pound. I mean, we have thousands and thousands of animals in pounds, cats and dogs, looking for good homes that'll give you the love and affection that an animal like this really could never give you. And save the exotic animals for your next visit to the zoo. For Pet Pulse on Zoo2 TV, I'm Emily Oz. To find out more about the Amnesty program, visit the zoo's website at MiamiMetroZoo.com. You can comment and see what others had to say about this story by going to the news section of Zoo2.com and send us your story ideas by emailing or calling us. We'll be back with more pet news right after this commercial break. Pet Pulse News is brought to you by Petco.com. 
Petco is a leading specialty retailer of premium pet food supplies and services, offering more than 10,000 high-quality pet-related products. Enter the code PULSE10, P-U-L-S-E, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. How many pets is too many? Do you know somebody whose life is overwhelmed by their animals? Maybe we can help. We're looking for people to be in a new TV series about really large animal families. We can offer expert help, free resources, and the chance to tell their story. If you or someone you know owns a house full of animals, call us toll-free at 1-877-MY-8-PETS. That's 1-877-MY-8-PETS. Pet Pulse News is brought to you by ShoeBuy.com, the world's largest site for shoes. Walk your dog in style and comfort with over 750,000 name brands for men, women, teens, and children. Enter the code PULSE, P-U-L-S-E, at checkout and get a 10% discount plus free shipping at ShoeBuy.com. New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Join us each week for Pets in the City with your host, Diane West. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So take a bite out of the Big Apple with Pets in the City every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. You're listening to Pet Pulse News from Zoo2.com. Z O O T O O. Now, for this week's pet news stories. 2008's Global Pet Expo in San Diego brought lots of new products to the market but none as exciting as Animal Planet's new DVD training series designed for pet adopters. For shelters and rescue groups, this could mean a new page in the cause for responsible pet ownership. Pet Pulse reporter Annabelle Osvick has the story. Hi, I'm here with Tracy and Kelly from Animal Planet who have come up with the new training series. Tell me, how does this DVD series work? These are designed to go home with pet adopters when they adopt from either an animal shelter or rescue group. And they cover a lot of the um, basic behaviors that often lead to return of an adopted pet. Things like house training, chewing, litter box issues, scratching. We also cover some basic pet care tips and some fun tricks and things as well. So it helps them transition the pet into the home and solve some of the issues in simple, family-friendly methods. And it also enhances the bond that they have with their new pet. So they form a faster bond. So this is specifically geared towards families who adopt pets from shelters or the people who run the shelters? It's geared for the families who adopt from shelters. And it it encompasses family-friendly training, so it doesn't matter whether it's a 5-year-old or a 50-year-old working with the pet. It's something that everybody in the family can use and enjoy. What's one of the most common mistakes that people do when assessing their pet's behavior? With shelter animals, dogs in particular, a lot of mistakes a lot of people make is they bring them home and they kind of give them free run of the house and they really kind of need to let them earn their freedom because maybe they've been in the kennel for a while so there might be a little bit of house training regression they might be a little anxious so they might chew a little more than they normally would so that's an example of one of the things that we cover in the dvd is how to crate train 
how to get them on that house training schedule, how to teach them what they should chew on. That's, I would have to say that's probably the number one mistake I see. You also have a training video for cats. I didn't realize that cats can be trained. That is such an underestimated avenue with pets. Cats can be trained. But we talk about things like litter box training. Yes, most cats will use their litter box, but there's lots of reasons why cats will stop using their litter box. And we fill people in on those secrets. But cats are so trainable. There's, they love to learn, and they, it, as soon as you figure out what motivates them, Oh, it's so much fun. You could train them just like a dog. As far as adopted dogs go, do they have any special behavioral issues because they come from a shelter? Sometimes, yes. Um, as Tracy mentioned earlier, sometimes there's a bit of regression in their house training because they've been in the shelter environment for a little bit. But um, any dog, any age, any breed can learn. It doesn't matter whether they're five months old or five years old. And all those dogs deserve a second chance and making it into their new forever home. How do you make sure your new pet is going to be comfortable in your home? I would focus on using um, training, some of the training tips that we have and training methods to build the relationship with your new pet because that's why you got a pet in the first place, right? Is to have a great relationship. So by doing that, they'll start to learn to trust you and have a much better relationship with your entire family. Look forward to receiving tips from Tracy and Kelly on one of these DVDs and you can get one if you adopt your pet from a local shelter. Two million free DVDs will be sent to shelters across the country by Animal Planet Pet Video. For more information on the training series, visit AnimalPlanetPV.com. If you'd like to comment and see what others have to say, go to the news section of Zoo2.com and send us your story ideas by emailing or calling us. The fight against putting animals down by using gas chambers has a new ally. Illinois now joins several other states that have banned the technique of carbon monoxide animal euthanasia. The dated method is seen by many as inhumane, and while lethal injection has largely replaced gas chambers, the debate lingers. Zoo 2 reporter Serena Brainy weighs in. According to its definition, euthanasia is supposed to be painless, but when it comes to using carbon monoxide, detractors say it's nothing short of cruel. They take about five dogs and they put them on a catch pole and drag them into the gas chamber. And then they take five cats and put them on the other side, and there's a wire mesh fence separating them. They then turn the gas chamber on, and what I've been told is they go to lunch then, um, because they don't want to hear the screaming, and it takes about 45 minutes for the animals to actually pass away. Match has drafted a bill that would ban the procedure and is currently working to push it through state legislature. State Representative John Fritchie has also backed the bill, as well as more than 40 organizations nationwide. We're talking about ending an animal's life, and their last moments on this earth should not be painful. Though exact numbers are scarce, the procedure is rare. There's only one shelter and one puppy mill in Illinois known to still use carbon monoxide. The rest have switched to lethal injection. Injection into the vein is the most common method, it's the cheapest method, and it's the most humane method. Instead of taking 45 minutes, like in a gas chamber, the injection takes seconds and it's painless. But the American Veterinary Medical Association has opposed the bill. According to its most recent euthanasia report, carbon monoxide is listed as an acceptable though not preferred method. There are currently no vets in Illinois who use the gas. Our phone calls to the AVMA were not returned. I have not heard from one vet that uses this or supports the use of carbon monoxide euthanasia. In most states, the use of inhalants are either still legal or the laws surrounding it are ambiguous. California, New Jersey, New Mexico, Virginia, and Maryland, on the other hand, have banned the technique. And now Illinois is fueling the fight against the deadly gas with a bill of its own. About five years ago, there were many other shelters in Illinois using it. What we just want to make sure is that before it has a comeback, before it has a resurgence, we stop it and ban it.
Ultimately, many say they hope to see euthanasia decrease on the whole, but what that requires is a drop in the pet population. We believe that that is really truly the heart of the problem. The only way you're going to solve the problem is by spaying and neutering as many animals as possible. That'll bring the rate down of how many animals are being born and thus less that we have to put down. Until then, animal euthanasia lives on, as does the dogged debate over how it's done. For Pet Pulse on Zoo 2 TV, I'm Serena Brainy. If passed, the Illinois ban would go into effect January 2009. To speak up against the use of carbon monoxide euthanasia in your state, Matches says the best way is to contact your local representative. If you'd like to comment and see what others have to say, go to the news section of Zoo2.com and send us your story ideas by emailing or calling us. For the second time this month, show dogs have been stolen in New Jersey. In both cases, the thefts occurred when the prized canines were left alone in a vehicle. Petpool's reporter Joey Waller has the story. I just froze at first. And if it hadn't been for some of my friends who's like, call 911, I'm, I probably would still be standing there just totally shocked. Fortunately, these two puppies belonging to Faye Adcox weren't left in her husband's SUV Saturday or they may have been stolen. For years, Adcox has attended a dog show in New Jersey, often eating at this deli in Edison. But Saturday, while dining at Harold's, her two corgi show dogs, two-year-old Daddy Warbucks and one-year-old Sammy, were stolen. They were taken from this vehicle, which now displays a fire, offering a reward for their recovery. Since our interview, Adcox has returned home to Delaware without them. That's the hardest part. I feel like I'm abandoning them at this point, you know, because, I mean, we've looked and looked and we can't find them. Sorry. Uh, we can't find them, and uh, I, I've never been without them. Adcock says the dogs were left for 45 minutes with the SUV's windows open a crack. A third dog in the vehicle wasn't stolen. This just weeks after Pounder, a 170-pound Mastiff show dog, was stolen in Secaucus, New Jersey, after being left in a vehicle. Pounder was recovered days later. Adcock says she was unaware of that theft. She does know many are questioning her judgment. Sometimes some of the handlers travel with 10 or 15 dogs, and they can't possibly take 10 or 15 dogs inside everywhere they go. Well, I guess and the devil's advocate would say then you should have more than one person so they don't get left. That will probably be something that will be um, a lot of people will be doing from now on. Police say there have been no other dogs taken lately in Edison. As for Adcock's dogs being left alone? In this situation, uh, dogs as valuable as this, it's strongly advisable not to leave them unattended in a vehicle. Any idea if they were targeted at all? It's, it's unclear at this point if it was random or if these uh, dogs were actually sought out. It is under investigation at this time. And I'm pretty sure I will not leave my dogs alone ever again, even at any time whatsoever. Now, there may be some good news here. That is, if you believe in psychics, three different psychics have all contacted the dog's owner, Faye Adcox, and all three say there's reason for optimism. Yes, I have um, had a couple psychics tell me that I will get my dogs back within three days. They are fine, and uh, the people who have them are going to take them to a shelter, and um, I will get them back. There may also be a good omen here. The names of these puppies, Hope and Faith. For Pet Pulse on Zoo2 TV, I'm Joey Waller. Police have no reason to believe the two thefts are related. A reward is being offered for the dog's recovery. Anyone with information is asked to contact Faye Adcox, Deborah Shaver, or Brandy Penna. To see what others had to say about the story or write your own comments, go to the news section of Zoo2.com and send us your story ideas by emailing or calling us. 
You've been listening to Pet Pulse News from Zoo2.com. Z-O-O-T-O-O, the leader in pet news and information. Heard each week on PetLifeRadio.com.